Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, before we dive into our text this morning, I would like to do a prayer together that is called the Body Prayer by the English mystic Julian of Norwich. Some of you have done this before in some of the prayer classes we've had, so bear with me. There are four movements to this prayer which include hand motions, which I would love to do together as we invite God's peace into our inner home. I will demonstrate first, and then we will do it together. The first is a wait. Hands cupped at the waist, ready to receive. The second is allow reaching up our hands open. The third is accept. 
hands at our heart, cup towards ourselves. And the fourth is attend, hands outstretched, ready to be responsive. Let us pray together. Await. Await God's presence, however it may come to you. Await. Allow. Allow a sense of God's presence to come or not and be what it is. Allow. Accept. Accept as a gift whatever comes or does not come. Accept that you don't know everything, that you are not in charge. Accept. Attend. Attend to what you are called to do, willing to be present and be God's love in the world, however God calls you. Attend. In the name of Jesus, amen. What are all the places that you call home? And how can we awaken to God's peace in our homes? For me, there are a number of places that I would call my peaceful homes or homes that give me some sense of comfort. Places such as the Met Museum, Yankees Stadium, several different parks, favorite nooks in particular homes and buildings, including now a couple of spots here at PCM. What are those peaceful spaces for you? While all these places are special in some form or another, there is a different sort of peaceful home to which our scripture is calling us today. Peace in the Bible is a layered concept as it includes wholeness and total welfare as found in the Old Testament and is further defined in the New Testament as being in right relationship with God and one another. A peaceful inner home reflects all of this. As we continue to think about themes of home and being home for the holidays and recognizing where our true home is, we slide into these narratives this morning of present as well as future homes. Now, as we continue our journey through Advent, we turn to John the Baptist. What is incredible about John is that while there are only two Gospels which begin the story with Jesus' birth, all four of the Gospels have an account about John. John is vital to understand Jesus' story as he acts as more than only a forerunner as described in the Gospels, but defines the Gospel message. John gives us a very particular direction in thinking about home and what a home of wholeness could look like for us. 
Now, John's home is one where the scripture tells us he just sort of appears. He appears in the wilderness of Judea, where he is described as having rather rough clothing of camel's hair and eating what we might have a difficult time imagine eating, locusts. Don't worry, I already checked. I ran back before the service started. There are no locusts for coffee fellowship today. Placing John in the wilderness echoes so many of the times when ministry happened in the wilderness in Scripture. For example, the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, escaping Egypt. Or even more, Elijah, who communicated with God in the wilderness. Elijah now is echoed multiple times here as the people around John question if he is Elijah. In other Gospels, though, John declares that he is not the one who will be starting this turning of ages. John quickly shows that he has a very different role here. He is awakening us to where we need to locate ourselves and where we orient ourselves in the story. I often imagine this particular scene from scripture, which is illustrated in the show Godspell, which I recognize more and more that I am not the only one after reading Matt's Advent devotional for this week, as well as some other devotionals I read, I am far from alone in that scene coming to mind. So you see, there is this opening scene in which the John the Baptist character in his modern-day costume sings the line, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, over and over as the other characters come to be baptized with such joy as well as peace as they leave behind their old lives, their old costumes, for their newfound ones. They dance away from the water, throwing their old clothes in the nearest garbage can and joyously accepting their new lives in the hope for a renewed existence. There is this reorientation for their lives as they rest in this new found peace and this new kind of home, this home with this new promised person. This call from John the Baptist is, of course, not all peace-filled as we get this rather harsh judgment in which John names the Pharisees and Sadducees, but is meant for any of us, that we are all called to rethink our lives, to confess, but also to turn to our newfound home. To not reach for God in other places, but to recognize that God is already here. God is in our present and our future. John believes in the present tense way of life. While we cannot and should not forget our history, we are called to be present for what God is doing here and now. We have a present tense kind of faith, a faith that orients itself to the now in preparation for what is to come. 
In this juxtaposition of judgment as well as hopeful peace, we get these very vivid images. Of judgment, we hear these words from John in verses 10 and 12. Acts, cut down, thrown into the fire, winnowing fork, burned chaff. But then we are also calmed by these peacefully hopeful words from John in verses 11 and 12. One more powerful than I, baptized with fire and Holy Spirit, gather wheat into God's granary. As one theologian comments, note that fire relates to judgment and to hope. The passage looks forward to the grand transition, the advent of a new age that can be reached only by finding a way through the wilderness and living through judgment into hope. It is a movement just as we go through movements in our own lives, the lengthy process of grief, the transition of becoming a parent, loss of a job, retirement, change in relationship status. While not everyone may experience all of these movements, we all indeed have something for which we must confess and ultimately transitioned the peaceful hearts in which we are called to reset and rest. John completely relies on God to provide, placing God at the center of his present and future. He further shows this when he quotes Isaiah 40, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This verse alone holds multiple meanings. In referring to the one crying, while it could simply name one crying or calling out in a strong voice as it comes from the Greek, this crying out is multifold in the Greek, while it could be in joy crying out, it could also be in pain crying out. It could also be a crying out for help or requesting aid. Not unlike the multifold emotions for those rooting for the U.S. yesterday during the World Cup game. You see, this adds the layer that indeed John is crying out to all of us, to all of those listening to him. We could also interpret it that we too are crying out to Jesus for help as we prepare our own hearts. For him. In the asking for this preparation for the way of the Lord, in addition to the literal getting everything ready, there is also a more significant metaphorical interpretation. This kind of preparation draws from the custom of sending on before kings on their journeys persons to level the roads and make them passable. But even more, it also refers to this preparation to give the Messiah a fit reception and secure his blessings. This powerful call reminds us that not only are we supposed to prepare for present Jesus, 
but for future Jesus, for each of us in our own personal as well as our communal lives together. We are called to imagine a peaceful home in our hearts while recognizing the presence of God and to be like John in living in the present, to open our eyes to where God is in our immediate lives and not only rely on God to be the one to show up. Where is the peace in our lives? I wrote to you all in our newsletter this week about this game that I received not too long ago as a gift. It's called Pray and Play and comes in this fun little packet. If anyone wants to see it after worship, happy to show it to you. It is much like our Advent devotionals where there is a prayer, a scripture reading, and an activity, as well as an image that goes along with the suggested activity. The prompts they had for this week included these. What is quiet peace? And what is loud peace? In our text from Matthew, we see both loud as well as quiet peace. We see this wandering for John as he also stands firmly in what he believes. He challenges this need to wander and recognizes not only physical wandering, but also wondering about what and who is to come. Because indeed, we are always wandering, always in the wilderness, always questioning in some way or another. Have you ever heard of something called godly play? Some of you who have taught Sunday school or participated in teaching children may have heard of it. In this practice, the teachers or leaders often ask wondering questions. Instead of asking for a particular answer of the students, the teacher states something such as, I wonder if John the Baptist wants us to do something. I recently read this one correspondence with a teacher and her students from the Godly Play Foundation. One Sunday when I was teaching my fourth grade class, the story ended and wondering began. After some silence, I looked up at the children and was about to ask another wondering question. As I began to speak, one of the boys said, Oh no, here comes another wondering question. (laughs) Another said, How come you always say I wonder? Before I could say anything, someone said, that's because she doesn't know the answers either. (laughs) At this point, I was not at all part of the conversation as another child said, no, that's not it. She wants us to find our own way. The circle fell silent. Amazing how the teaching happens without the teacher. John, too, wants us to find our own way, to wonder and to find God, to look for this present Jesus, to sit in God's peace in the home in our hearts that we hope to create.
to follow him. To proclaim some of my favorite lyrics as sung in the production of Sister Act, I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go, and near him I always will be, for nothing can keep me away. He is my destiny. Our peaceful home that we hold in our hearts is most certainly one that we cannot create on our own. Instead, John is fiercely challenging our homes and making them places that hold the call the whole of Matthew's gospel proclaims. You see, we are ultimately working towards the Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew, which comes just a bit later in chapters 5 through 7, that we are moving to act. How can we act? That is for us to decide, but John pushes each of us to do. Our Isaiah text also pushes us to this and gives us some ideas for how to define our future actions, to participate, to make change in our lives, to seek out God's peace and recognize our wholeness in our intangible homes. This wholeness is recognized throughout Matthew as Jesus proclaims, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. As James Boyce, a professor of the New Testament, notes, hope for such wholeness is finally secured in the promise of the one who is coming. When John claims that God is able to raise up children, this is clearly an announcement of the power of God that will indeed raise up a child whose resurrection will be life and salvation for us. We are looking for the Jesus now and the Jesus that is calmly coming to us. We have to decrease in order to increase Jesus, in order to create this home in our hearts, in order to await, allow, accept, and attend to our inner homes, as well as the inner homes of others and our home to come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.